Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope everyone's having a great week so far, whether you're prepping for school or perhaps you're getting your classroom ready, perhaps you're getting your virtual classroom ready. I know that's what I'm doing. Lesson planning and getting a virtual space ready. Oh man, it's all new territory, but it's super fun. Um, So, you know, Jamie and I, we realized that, you know, our education and Montessori community right now, like we really need resources that pertain not only to Montessori, but also to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we did an episode all about parenting during COVID-19. And basically what it boils down to is how parents can help support their child during this time with their educational journey. Um, Yeah, we thought it was super pertinent right now. And I hope you guys find it useful. Um, In other news, I don't know if you know, but we started a newsletter once a week. Uh, You can subscribe on our website, allthingsmontessoripodcast.com. It's going to get more detailed, but right as of now, it's just reminders, and it will have the link to our episode, the link to our Patreon account, and the link to our Instagram. So if you want to get our newsletter, go ahead and subscribe. And then I just want to offer a word of thanks to our amazing community, your support, your commitment and loyalty to Jamie and I during this, during this time. And just, you know, over the past, almost, we're almost, it's almost been a year, which is so exciting. Um, We're just so thrilled that we can offer this to you guys. And again, we're all in this together. So if you have any questions, either message us on Instagram, send us an email, allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. We check them regularly and we just want to be there for our community. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode all about parenting during COVID-19. Hi, Rachel. How's it going this week? It's going good, Jamie. Um, All things, yeah. I mean, you know, same old, same old. How are you? Yeah, same old thing. Did my monthly shopping this morning. Nice. You know, constantly trying to like avoid people in the aisles. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were still getting food delivered because I know you were doing that in the beginning. Yeah, still a lot of food delivery, but we venture mm-hmm. out, you know, once a month or so. But there's just so many people here in the DC yeah, area that right. it takes a lot of energy and effort to maintain space and distance when you live in such a population dense location. So, well, if you ever want to come out be- to Winchester, there's no one <laughs> here. So, every- right. <laughs> I know yeah everyone's taking it pretty seriously here so that's overall yeah that's good overall pretty impressive but but yeah so that was our big excitement of the day yeah that is exciting I know it's like going to the grocery store is like it's like my social outing for the month you know it's like I know I'm gonna yeah it's oh man Chatting away with the checker, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It's that just, was even the other the other day in our neighborhood. We were out unloading something from the car, and neighbors from her down the street, who you know, we always say hi to. Like they were so happy to like sit and chat for a while, you know, stand yeah, in the, you know, course. we're we're all just uh, desperate for desperate for interaction. I know, but it's just crazy. Yeah, but so it goes. This is just 
this is just life these days. It sure is. It sure is. Um, and, you know, what we want to talk about today is pretty relevant to what is going on in our world right now. Well, you know, it's just that these days I've been hearing from a lot of parents and some teachers too, but particularly parents who are confronting the reality of uh, another chunk of time at home uh, supporting their children in distance learning Mm -hmm. or trying to homeschool or, you know, trying to manage uh, some combination of both. And it's a, it's a unique challenge. Well, and all the while, perhaps working full time from home, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like, exactly. It's like, okay, so you're going to work full time. You're going to be a parent. You're going to have your own life and keep everybody safe. Oh, and also we need you to support your child with their education. Great. Thanks. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we haven't, it's not like it's a choice. You know, it's different when you intentionally decide to homeschool your children and you plan for it and you dedicate yourself to that, you know, to have it thrust upon you in some way, shape or form, even if there is distance learning support from the, from the school and from the teacher, it still is, uh, it is something that has been thrust upon parents. And, you know, there's no easy solution to this at all. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no, um, there's no magic uh, uh, solution. There's nothing that's going to fix this or make it easier for parents without, um, without a lot of uh, communication and, and planning and connection. So it's a, um, it's just where we are. It's just where we are. Like, this is what happens yeah. when the world has a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, things are hard. Some things are very hard. <laughs> and right. There's, and we just have to sort of accept that, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and then do the best within within that sort of crazy reality that we're stuck with right now. Right. And I think it's uh, we're being asked to do things no one was prepared for. You know, it, it, right. on all levels, on the child level, the parent level, the teacher level, the human level, none of us were, you know, told in advance, hey, 2020 is going to be really, really rough. And this is how you should prepare. No, no, we had no warning. Um, and in a matter of weeks, days, even like, you know, hours, we were all just kind of forced into this new normal. Um, and I think the thing that... um the world is facing right now, this is just sort of my opinion is, oh my gosh, this is still happening. You know, like at first it was like, okay, like we could do this. We can hack this. No worries. And I think I, in my opinion, September felt really far away in March. And I cannot believe we're halfway through August. Um, And I think right now, everyone, you know, we're right on the cusp of starting school we're really close to all of this. And um, I think um, schools are making really tough decisions. Teachers are scrambling, trying to figure things out. Um, Parents are either faced with the decision of, do I send my child back to school? Or do I do a hybrid model? Or do I do distance learning? Or do I do homeschooling? I mean, again, just like you were saying, Jamie, you know, 
it's not like you just chose to do these things. You're being forced to make these decisions that perhaps you don't really know how to make, you know? Yeah, it's really it's really hard. And I think you're right, Rachel. I really think that, you know, we all were in it together in March and April because yeah. it it caught us all by surprise. And we thought, OK, we're going to we're going to do our best. And, and teachers and schools were working hard and parents were working hard and there were lots of imperfections. But uh, we thought it was temporary, you know, yeah. and and the the sort of feeling right now is that realization of it not being as temporary as we had hoped. You know, we didn't, we, we still have a big issue with the virus. And, and that means schools are making all sorts of decisions. You know, my, my younger child's school will be all online for the entire fall semester Mm -hmm. in the public schools here. My older child will have at least the fall semester of college online and they thought they were going to bring back half the undergrads um this fall and last week they decided not to oh so this is the other thing yeah yeah no one's going back and you know similar to a lot of other universities are making that decision right now you know right um so i think that's the other thing i just remind everyone to have is it's hard to still have patience, but it, we all yeah. we all need to have patience. This is a really un, unprecedented situation, and uh, everyone is trying to navigate and make all these decisions as best they can. And it's exhausting and it's frustrating for all of us, but we're all in the same boat. So as much patience as we can have with our children's schools, as much patience as we can have with our children, with our teachers, with each other, Mm -hmm. everything is going to be the key to continuing this. And also really recognizing as parents, um, the children are going to be okay. Yeah, (laughs) They're going to be fine, actually. Yeah, they are. (laughs) They're learning all the time. You know, they are they are learning all the time. And this is not going to have, um, you know, it's not going to ruin their lives. And uh, I think we worry a lot about that. You know, of course, um, they're not it's not going to be the same experience as if they were in school all day long, getting the instruction in the community that they are, you know, right. they're used to. But it's not going to ruin them. And we certainly can work on whatever needs to be worked on. So the biggest key is figuring out how you can best support children at home if you're a parent. And when I say parent, I mean whoever is taking on that parenting role. Right. And it, I, you know, there's a variety of people who function in that role. And you're a parent, whether or not, um, you know, whether you're the the biological parent or not, you're mm-hmm. the you are functioning as the parent. So everyone is included in that when I use that term. Um, but I think, you you know, figuring out the best ways that you can support and build a, a, a culture of work at home that's going to help the whole, you know, the whole situation and the whole and help the children, you know, really maintain some of the key aspects that are harder to get back than, um, than their math skills or their reading skills when they come back in the classroom. Um, that so a key a- the key aspects being I think yeah curiosity love of learning, um, you know yeah just that wonder that wanting to know yep. more you know um, yeah I independence I've, is mm-hmm. another big one mm-hmm. oh yeah and being able to 
yeah, choose their own work and to, you know, be excited about choosing that work and wanting to know more. And it's choosing their own work, but it's also um, uh, taking responsibility for themselves at home and being independent and being able to do that. So it's really easy for parents to um, sometimes limit a child's independence simply because it's easier if we do it ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we just like, honestly, I don't have the patience to wait for you to do that thing that I, you know, sometimes that can happen and all parents do that, even Montessori parents. Um, but what we, what I worry about when children are home all the time is that too much of that will happen and their independence will start to really be affected. You know, they'll start to expect adults to do more for them. Mm -hmm. So that's another, and that's hard to, that's harder to um, nurture back out in the children. That takes a lot of time and effort when they come back to the classroom. So I, you know, helping parents support that independence is a big key, I think, during this work at home. Yeah. And that independence can, you know, it can start in really small ways. This isn't like a, your child needs to be self-sufficient for the entire day. No. Um, maybe they learn how to make their own lunch. Maybe they have a workspace that they organize and clean or whatever, you know, like perhaps they keep track of their household chores or something like themselves. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I think just, I think a lot of parents, this is just in my experience. Um, you know, they want their child to be busy working. However, I think they're, if they're not watching what they're doing, they're afraid that they're not working. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, right. And I think if you let, if you let your child sit, maybe they're just looking out the window. That's fine. <laughs> if they're like, they're probably thinking about something great or, you know, children have to, they're, I mean, the, the home is their new classroom environment. So they're getting used to it too, you know? Um, and yeah, as you create that culture of work at home, a lot of it is that trust and patience um, because the child, once they know what the expectations are, either by the parent or the teacher or whoever is, you know, I mean, a lot of it's falling to the parent. Once they know what those expectations are, then that's when they can truly have ownership over their own space and they can work independently for a couple hours. And I think a yep. good if you have an older elementary child and i even think a younger elementary child too you can have kind of a tough conversation with them about this is when i have to work and this is when you'll work you know i mean they need those hard limits like you know i know probably a lot of you have like been on a zoom call or a conference call and it's been interrupted you know i think it's okay to have those rules and expectations because we would have the same ones in the classroom. Like you're not going to interrupt me oh, yeah. if I'm giving another lesson. It's sort of the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean, I've I you know, it's like what I say sometimes to the children in the classroom is is someone bleeding? Yeah. <laughs> is is there vomit? No? Okay. So, I don't I think it can wait until I'm finished. Right. You know, I mean, and I and it's okay to have children wait. And sometimes as parents, we don't, you know, insist on that boundary. And that's something that you're going to have to really start to establish as parents now that they're that children don't 
They don't necessarily get your attention the second they want it. And and that's right. okay. That's actually an important life skill for them to learn. Mm-hmm. That's part of them learning how to function in a society where um, no one's needs are more important than anyone else's, you know, that we have to learn to balance those. So yeah, that's a really good point that setting some of those clear boundaries about what what works looks like and how we respect one another's work um, is really important. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're seeing children too uh, at home and you're thinking they're not working, what I would encourage parents to do is maybe spend a day tracking their own on-task t- behavior and off-task behavior during a work day. Just mm. go ahead and <laughs> just go ahead and <laughs> keep track of that a little bit. Um, because I, I, most adults take, you know, chunks of their day doing things that are less on task yeah. uh, than uh, some other things. And children are going to do that too. And what, the, what we want them to develop is the ability to manage that effectively, to know like how much is too much off Right. technically off task time or maybe there is a lot going on in their heads that we just can't see and so we have to you know we have to be conscious of that as we're as we're observing them it takes a lot of patience you know <laughs> yeah yeah it does mm-hmm. it does and the other thing too as parents w- helping children at home to learn and maybe you're less experienced in in helping children learn although you've been teaching your child their entire life you were you're their first teachers um <clears throat> but you learning doesn't just happen because we want it to mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> do you know what yep. i mean yes I like do. <laughs> like it is kind of a mysterious thing and it's happening inside the mind of the child so we don't have a lot of control over it and we can't just like force it to happen Mm -hmm. we -hmm. can nurture it we can encourage it but it's going to happen on the sort of timetable that's appropriate for the child or when they have been sort of sparked or something just clicks and so um so patience is an important thing to remember with children that you're not just because you show them something doesn't mean they're going to learn it. There's not a there's not a cause and effect relationship between teaching and learning, actually. Um, no, there's so not that's at all. an important thing. Right. <laughs> no. I mean, I wish there was. Oh, my gosh, that'd be so great if I just gave a lesson and immediately I got the results that I was seeking. Man, it does not happen like that. Um, and that's. And that actually was something that was a big learning lesson for me in the classroom Um, because you doubt Mm -hmm. yourself. You feel really bad. You're like, oh, man, like, I guess they weren't listening or I guess they weren't paying attention. It can make you feel angry. It can make you feel stressed. It can like really, really eat away at you. Um, And that's where that trust comes into play. Um, And I think right now, you know, the biggest thing for children, um, this is my opinion, um, I think they just need to feel happy and safe because mm-hmm. the world is kind of a mess <laughs> to say the least. Right. Right. And children are very much they are they are internalizing that um as well and so if they can be excited um about just about anything right now that's not related to what's going on outside or you know I, I think that's and I've talked to a lot of parents too 
And that's one of their biggest things is the happiness and feeling positive and kind of having a purpose, you know? And I think that is, again, math skills are great, but that's, it's easy to get those, you know? Um, it's easy to get those back, right? Like that's not what this year really is about. Um, yep. And I think too, helping, I mean, one really important thing that happens in a Montessori classroom, which is part of the reason we have our class sizes so large, is that children don't get scrutinized super carefully throughout the day. Like there's there's a yeah. lot going on and they have a lot of sort of inherent independence and freedom and uh, flexibility in that in that community. And so at home, there can be this feeling that they're far more scrutinized. And in fact, some of what we need to do as parents is kind of um, ignore them, <laughs> you yeah. know, give, yeah. give them some space to just be, to be bored, to be creative, to be uh, free to make mistakes and have to solve them. Uh, that's where a lot of critical thinking and uh, creative problem solving will emerge when they're, you know, so when they don't have parents watching and saying, oh, you know, honey, you're having trouble with this. Can I help you? Because even that, like, even if they feel like they can tell you no, just the fact that you've seen it means that they feel, a, they, they're going to feel in, differently and respond differently than if they just were able to make a mistake and solve the problem by themselves. Right. Um. So part of what I think is useful at this time at home, too, is making sure that you're not you're not hovering and that you're not always mm -hmm. watching and keeping track. That's um, right. That's so right. And yeah, I mean, that's oh, it's again, I just keep thinking about parents. I, it's really hard. It's really hard not to do that. But it's really important for the child to, you know, have that independence and have that space. Um, and honestly, it's it's good for you, too. <laughs> you yeah. have your own stuff to do. <laughs> and also, I think, you know, role modeling is huge. Um, it's huge in the classroom because the children look up to the teacher. But, you know, at home, I mean, you're who they're watching. So if you're modeling a mm -hmm. culture of work, that's huge for them because they're going to see that yep. and they're going to want to do what you're doing, you know? Yep. So whether you are working full time from home, whether you are leaving home to go work during the day or whether you're not, you're not working, you need to find something to do at home yeah. to model that work, that yes. work ethic for the children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's super important um, because when you're engrossed in something and I mean, this this is true, I think, of just humanity. When you watch somebody that you love do, you know, what they're when you see somebody busy and, and working really hard, like you just I you just admire it. And that's what's going to happen with the children. They're going to admire what you're doing and they're going to think, I want to be like that. You know, I want to do that. What can I work on today? You know, um, it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> September is, you know, the classic building month, right? It's the setting the ground rules and guidelines, even though I guess you could just start start right now because time doesn't matter anymore, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, and realistic, I would start a little, you know, I would start a little bit now. Um, yeah. 
starting to collaborate with the children about their routine, about the expectations, you know, whatever your school is doing or requiring, you're going to need to accommodate for that. Mm -hmm. And, and with elementary children in particular, you can, you can have conversations about these things and, and you can start practicing some of the sort of um, systems that you want to put in place, you know, prepare, a work environment for your children at home, a space where they feel comfortable, where they have a comfortable table to sit at, and also some floor space to sprawl a, around on as they're working because elementary yeah. children like both. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that there's supplies available, uh, just their their everyday supplies that they're going to need uh, to do independent projects and things. So paper variety of t- types of paper and pencils and colored pencils and um, uh, glue sticks and scissors and staplers and hole punches and, you know, all the kinds of things that they could, you know, if they are reading about lions and they want to make a booklet about lions, they can go and yeah. make a booklet independently, stuff like right. that. So right. as much as you can get the environment at home prepared for that, the kitchen sort of set up for independent snack access, um, you know, stuff on the lower shelves in the in the refrigerators, uh, stuff down low, dishes and utensils right. down low so they can mm-hmm. access things themselves. All of those sorts of things to help them, you know, maintain their independence while they're working at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's as simple as just making things accessible to them, you know, so they don't mm-hmm. have to rely on you. Um, it's -hmm. a really simple thing, but it it goes a long way for sure. Um, and I think also, you know, definitely I don't, I don't, well, I guess I don't really know what everybody's relationship is with their school or their teacher, but if you have, if there's a teacher in your child's life or, you know, your school is communicating, like, I just don't be afraid to, to talk with your teacher about these things. Um, I think teachers right now, we, I mean, everybody's trying to figure everything out, but they want to help. Um, and, and whether they're doing a virtual learning thing, whether they're just sending work, I mean, they might not be doing anything. Um, it isn't ideal for anybody. And they are, I think they're a great resource, especially if they're doing virtual learning. Um, don't be, I mean, I think, you know, you, unfortunately, as parents, not unfortunately, but it's just the way it is. Like you're going to be, you have to do classroom management, you know, as much as the teacher can try. I mean, it's, it's a screen, you know, like you can't, you know, (laughs) you can hold attention for the lesson or whenever you're there. Um, but we're not in the, they're not, they're not in the environment, right? So you have to be the enforcer of those, of those things that we were talking about previously. Um, so just, I think collaboration with the teacher is crucial for that. Yeah, totally crucial. But also remember that, if your child's in a class of 25 or 30, you know, your teacher is really doing their best to, mm-hmm. to you know, move heaven and earth to make this work virtually and also, you know, may have their own children at home, may, you know, may have any number of other things going on in their lives, too. So just be this is where that patience yeah. and respect and all of that comes back in that, um, yes, like communicate, but also be patient if you're not hearing back for two days, because if all 25 families communicate significantly with that teacher who's also trying to be online and support children and have individual meetings and create lessons and all of those things, right. you know, that teacher's more, more stretched than even before. So just be 
patient uh, as everyone's navigating this because it's just uh, it's just something that's completely unlo- unknown. And I've been training teachers for 10 years. I have never once trained a teacher for Montessori uh, distance learning. Oh, right. Uh, right. So, right. so these poor teachers have not gotten any training or support in that. And I know a lot of them have been working their tails off over the summer to try to prepare for that. And they're doing a great job in what they're offering. But just, yeah, just remember that that patience is going to be the key for all of us. And and realistically, you know, children are going, they, again, they're going to be okay. No one's going to be behind no, because we're all in the same boat, right? So Everyone, we're all dealing right. with this, <laughs> right? There's no like, I mean, I don't know. People, you know, kids are going to be all over the place because they may have gotten interested in things at home, or or maybe they fell behind on something. I mean, everybody is just going to. I feel like we're just going to have to start fresh, right? When all of this is yeah. over, it's like a new page. We'll just be like, okay. And it'll be fine. And, and and in some strange way, that's sort of a nice thing that we are all in literally the same boat. You know, we're yeah. in the same boat. Yeah. And there's nothing to, I mean, your child is going to develop the way your child should no matter what. And mm-hmm. and so there's, mm-hmm. it's not that your child is going to fall behind, but there may be certain skills that get less uh, attention during this time and that need to be worked on more when we're all back together in the classroom. That's okay. That doesn't mean that a child's behind. Just like in the classroom, some children are super excited about fractions. So we just go, you know, crazy with fractions and go much farther than you'd, you'd necessarily expect if you we're just looking at the children's biological age. Um, so yeah. so there's no, there's nothing to sort of panic about in terms of them getting behind. But if you as a parent are noticing a child struggling with some skill, then you can do some reflection on how you could best support that without uh, becoming a drill sergeant. So, right. you know, how can right. you support their, if your child just doesn't seem to understand the concept of multiplication, um, you know, well, can you support that through, you know, baking cookies and, um, and then, you know, doubling or tripling the recipe and talking about what that looks like? Can you support mm-hmm. that through, um playing Yahtzee or something else where you're going to see multiples of numbers on a regular basis. Like there are ways to support those skills without simply drilling them. And that's where I encourage parents to be patient, thoughtful, and creative instead of there can sometimes as a parent be this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my child doesn't know that. Of course. Well, you know, just let yourself feel that and let it go and then think mm-hmm. thoughtfully about how you could help your child um, prepare to understand that and how you could get your child interested in that concept. Rather than being panicked, you you know, you know this kid. So think about how you could lay the groundwork and foundation for that knowledge. But it is, you know, it is that we want children to have a broad foundation of knowledge. So be sure that you're, you're um, 
showing interest in all sorts of things at home and telling stories about things and reading together and reading to each other. And, um, you know, all of that is going to continue to serve their academic learning and serve their development. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up such a good point about just like the worry. I, I We just, we live in a world of comparison and, you know, everybody is going to look like they're doing homeschooling or virtual learning like the best, right? But the fact of the matter is we're all just trying to figure it out. So it's good to, in those moments, to step back and have patience. Also, I think just forgive yourself, you know, for, you know, give yourself grace. You know, I, I don't know, like, I think the harder we are on each other right now, the harder it, it's going to be in this climate because yep. it's not helpful, you know? Yeah, everybody's going to have rough days. It's not fun. This is not ideal at all. Are you kidding? No, it sucks. But, you know, I think there's some benefits of it. You can have this time at home with your child. They can um, help you around the house. There there could be some benefits that come out of it. Um, yeah. I, it's just hard to yeah, see Yeah, I mean, it's a... It's time we'll never, we're never going to forget. And that's a, you know, that's powerful. And, you know, I mean, I've got a kid who's starting her senior year in high school. She hasn't taken the SAT because it was canceled because of the pandemic. Right. And she will not take it. Right. She's not going to take the SAT. And I'm not worried about it. She's not going to take the SAT. She's not going to take the ACT. No college is requiring it right now, which I suspect they may that we may be seeing a big shift in that because a lot of schools have been going test optional anyway. Right. She's going to apply to colleges next fall, um, all without, you know, in-person interviews, without in-person visits, all of those things. I'm not worried about it. You know, she's going to manage to get through to the next step because, again, we're all going through this together and all those colleges and universities understand that we're all dealing with this together. Um, right. And they're accommodating as a result. So there's virtual visits and virtual interviews and, vir- you know, like all of these things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so even for someone, you know, on the cusp of, you know, in a, a really important life decision of what she's going to do for college and eventually her career, this isn't going to this isn't going to ruin her life. It's not right. going to ruin it. Um, and and she's, I mean, she feels like it's ruining her senior year. Right. And that's certainly true. And that totally but, is not ideal, of course. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but in terms of the next steps in her life decisions, it's going to be fine. Yeah. And, and that's, so, so if your child's seven, it really is going to be fine, you know, because there yes. aren't any of those major, those major uh, life decisions that have to be made quite yet. Uh, so take heart in that. It's going to be okay. It, your child's going to be okay. And um, we are going to get through this time and your teachers are working their tails off and your mm-hmm. schools are uh, and stay in partnership and stay in collaboration and maintain patience. And, you know, know that we are probably going to look back on this time at some point sort of fondly. Like, oh, remember when we yeah. were all stuck together for months? Of course. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, there are, I mean, remember when I didn't have to commute for a year? That was great. You know, there are a lot of benefits. I know. Um, for right. sure, even though I know it's destructive and horrible for so much of the world. Um, I think, you know, 
maintaining that positivity, that gratitude. Um, it's a good practice in general, but it's also just a good thing to model for the children. Um, because they miss yeah. their friends. They, I mean, elementary children are social beings. This is not being isolated is not their dream scenario for sure. Um, but you know, just be positive, keep them curious, do lots of reading, maybe get into knitting. You know, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to engage the mind right now. Um, and and we go ahead. And you could have them do Zoom projects with their friends. You oh, know, yeah. They can, or distance projects out in, you know, a, at a park if possible. You know, be creative about those options for them too. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I was talking to a, a parent friend of mine and her daughter was uh, making a recipe book with three of her other classmates just on Zoom. They were thinking of their favorite foods that they like to cook and then they were creating recipes and then making a book and I thought that was so amazing. I mean, cooking is super mathematical. So I was pretty impressed Mm -hmm. and it's a very thoughtful Mm -hmm. process. And I just, I just loved that. Mm -hmm. So there's really fun things like that, that these children can do, um, to help them feel like, you know, that their friends are still there and they can have that social engagement. You know, a lot of parents have reached out to me about that exact thing. Like I'm worried about my child's social development because, you know, it's weird right now because we it's such a different social time. And I, while I agree, um, I think children are resilient and they will fall back into step with, you know, how things are normally when we can get back to normal. Um, yep. I don't, I think it will be a transition. And I think as you have those conversations, just be open with them. Um, but I don't think just because we're having a pandemic that your child will not want to be social again. You know, I think parents are, they're kind of freaked out about that, you know, because you can't do play dates. It's super different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, it, it it is, again, no question. This isn't ideal and it's definitely different and hard, but they'll be, they'll be okay to, you know, and they'll, and that's where you can work in your family to build and support some of those social interactions. Make sure you're being conscious of that. And part of that is by being really realistic with them versus, you know, their friends are not going to accommodate their every single need because they have their own needs. And so same with us as parents, like we have to set it's back to that boundary setting and some of those real social sort of limits that they would experience with their peers. Whereas for some of us as parents, it's like, oh, okay, sure, sweetie, you can, you know, you can have all the cookies. I don't need to have any. Well, their friends are right. never going to do that. Right. <laughs> right. So, right, 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 right. Like be, you know, be loving and accommodating, but also provide some of those social sort of boundaries that they wouldn't mm-hmm. be getting from their peers. It's And that will help them continue to develop their understanding of how they how they function in a in a group setting and that sort of thing. Yeah. And just like as like social things, um, not in the house, like outside. I mean, I think that like socially we're all wearing masks right now. We are keeping a distance. That's just a new kind of type of manners that you're just going to show your child. Right. And then they'll, they'll bounce, they'll bounce back whenever, you know, things are back to normal. But I think actually the, my eyes have been completely open to, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not technically from the South, but like I mean, I hug everybody when I meet them. 
And now I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. You know, like it's really making me think about my own sanitize, you know, my own health choices just because we've been going through this pandemic. And I'm like, huh, it is good to keep distance from people if you don't know, you know, like, oh my gosh, like I look at, you know, I watch things on TV or, you know, whatever. And I see crowds of people and I'm just like, wow. Like, remember that? Oh, um, I know, my, right? My Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying I think the world, this has just been interesting. Like maybe if you're sick, you shouldn't go out in public ever. You know, maybe that's just a good practice that we can adopt now. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so interesting. So the, all of those things, my point is, all those things are good lessons for your child right now. And um, they'll keep with them for a long time. And I know masks are not um, the most comfortable thing. Um, but I think children, if you can just, you know, talk to them about being a member of a community, being a member of society, we're going to abide by these rules, blah, blah, blah. That's a very, that's a really valuable lesson. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, you know, great science lessons involved in it too, right? So, oh, yeah. you know, the strong, you know, the overwhelming scientific evidence for how we can combat this virus is wearing masks and washing our hands and keeping our distance. And, and some children are going to get really into the sort of um, scientific understanding of viruses, which is a great thing for them to start to research, you know, like learning Mm -hmm. about different viruses, not just this one, since we don't know very much about it, but we know a little, Um, but also looking at other things like that. So all of that is, is really useful and plays into the, yeah, then that social element of because I'm a member of society and because I believe, you know, in, in um, respecting others, I, I wear my mask and to, Mm -hmm. you know, to protect the broader society in case I have it and to, you know, to be respectful of, of um, my, you know, of peers and others. So all of these are great things and great discussions to have with children, especially with elementary children. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably will just think it's fascinating um, because they're observers and they want to know more about why this is happening. So it's, that's a great avenue to take. Um, You know, I just want to say to our parents listening or in our community, just everything's going to be okay. And, you know, we're going to all get through it together. Um, I think patience should be everybody's mantra. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely mine. I don't even have children, (laughs) but um, patience. Yeah. Patience with yourself, with your child, with, you know, whatever education um, you're, you have. And yeah. 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 So hang in there. It's going, we are going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And your children are going to be okay. And you know, reach out to the resources you know you have when you need when you need it. Whether it's your school, uh, your teachers, you can reach out to us with questions um, as you're trying to navigate this. Uh, you know, this path of um, having children home all the time. I'll be navigating it along with you. I'll be at my children are old, <laughs> but it's still it it's is still hard. A, yeah. And they're not, you know, 17 and 20 year olds are not meant to be like hanging out with their parents 24 hours a day. So, totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's what we've got to do. And that's that's part of our social duty to our to um, as you know, as members of society, we have to do it. So we're doing it and it and it'll yep. be fun. And we'll just keep 
We're still on our Yahtzee streak in our household. Nice. So we'll Love keep it. that up. <laughs> so fun. Well, hang in there, everybody, and email us if you have any questions. We're here for you. 